Well, the arts have taken a massive hit during the pandemic. That's no secret. But this upcoming weekend, a group of artists and producers are putting together the very first Obsidian Theater Festival. It's a two-day virtual event celebrating Black stories with stage productions, workshops, presentations, and much, much more. Artistic director John Sloan III and actor Nicole Levy-Hunt are not only artists, but longtime activists as well. And I got to speak with them about the unique importance of theater as an art form during this time of social change. It would be great to say that we've been thinking about this for years and months and we decided to do it and COVID just happened. Um, but no, we, we started working on this in October of last year. Um, and, you know, the idea came really just from conversations that I was having with David Carroll, who's the um, founding director over at uh, Nicely Theatre Group. And he and I just trying to come up with a way to still produce work in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and at the time that we started talking, it was late June. And so protests were happening every day. I'm also one of the lead organizers for the Detroit chapter of Black Lives Matter. And so I was, you know, my schedule was crazy um, in terms of handling a lot of that work as well. And so it really came down to how do we use theater as an art form to continue to push back against all the stuff that we're seeing outside um, and give voice to a lot of the individuals that were you know, marching down our streets. Yeah, well, let's, let's like jump right into that. Let's start with the big picture and describe the vision for the Obsidian Theater Festival. So take me inside the process of the brainstorming, the curating of performances and, 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 and your vision for the programming of uh, you know, both given the incredible amount of, of, of civil protests that we saw last summer and of global health pandemic. Yeah. So I believe that art has the power to do one of three things. Um, it can show you, show us who we were, show us who we are, and then show us who we can be. And theater has a unique ability to do that. Um, in my estimation, more so than other art forms. I also understand that every artist says that about their, their form of art. But for me, when you're talking about people live on stage, in the room, um, with an audience, that shared energy um, is really powerful. And when we started talking about the Obsidian Theater Festival, the, nothing existed. The name didn't exist, the logo didn't exist, the website, it was all ideas. And it was, how do we use theater as an art form to uplift underrepresented voices, um, to give voice to artists that have not had the same equitable access to resources and opportunities? Um, and what does that look like, right? So if you acknowledge in the beginning that we're not all starting out from the same place, that there is this web of, of intersecting biases in our community, in our country, and that depending upon how you identify, you might be starting off you know, at, at different points, but all expected to get to the same finish line, right? Um, then we also have to acknowledge that resources need to be apportioned differently than they are right now. Um, and that there are underserved and underrepresented communities that do not have the same level of access to certain resources. And so the idea to produce a theater festival that um, focuses on black stories and focuses on the diversity of black stories, pushing back against the idea that there is such a thing as a monolithic minority, um, that black theater is not in and of itself a subgenre, but, but has within us all of those diversities. Nicole and I aren't the same. 
we are very different people. Um, and our art needs to represent that, right? It needs to tell her story, it needs to tell my story, it needs to tell all the stories in between and on either side. Um, and so we really started brainstorming about what this would look like in the, in the late summer um, and started assembling a team so we could execute in the fall. Um, and it's everything that it takes to build a new brand, right? Like what's the name gonna be? How are we gonna build out this logo, the website? Uh, we put out a national call for submissions for plays, anything from 10 to 60 minutes. Um, and we took plays from playwrights from literally all over the world. Um, and the only caveat was that it had to be a story that dealt directly with issues relevant to the African diaspora. And that's a really wide net, right? Um, and so we started that process and then you know went through the process of looking for directors and, and casting. Um, and I'm really, really proud of the work that we are producing. Well, I'd like to ask you both this question. What, for each of you, are the strengths of theater for showcasing uh, not just personal stories, but especially uh, Black stories? Um, well, I think theater in general is its own, obviously it's its own world once we get on the stage within the story, but the actual community itself is also um, kind of its own world. And we're all a little quirky and weird. You know, I always say as an actor, I wouldn't do this if I didn't have to, like who chooses this type of life, you know? <laughs> um, and so I think what I realized more about the, I realized more about theater over these past, over this past year than I have the entire 39 years of my life before that. And it was, it was very clear that not doing theater, not doing live theater was becoming a scarring experience um, for actors. And so then that made me think, and for, for artists in general, um, that made me think, okay, so then what is it about theater that gives us so much? And it's, you know, it's as wide as the experience of the African diaspora. It's, um, it's validating, um, especially in black theater, it's validating our stories and our struggle. When the rest of the world wants to say, well, you know, if you didn't run, you wouldn't have been shot. Or, you know, all of these excuses, seeing black artists working, succeeding as human beings in the community, and then telling your story that is something that you have been through, that you see, and, and all of a sudden you're being seen, and that type of validation, I think, is immeasurable and its ability to kind of create a, a strong foundation for people to grow on. Um, I think that within all of this, uh, everything that's been going on, the ability to access art in general um, has kind of, or the lack of ability um, has come to the surface a lot more. I think, you know, we saw a lot of our now allies within the civil rights movement, within Black Lives Matter movement, all of a sudden have this reckoning and then have this kind of epiphany that, oh my God, I didn't know this was going on. You know, I didn't know there was such a gap in terms of, of how we're being treated in certain ways. And we also saw that in art. So we saw people understanding why Black art is important because there isn't a lot. And if there is, it is very rarely accessible to the people that inspire it and who it's really made for. You know, obviously our experiences are across the board and we are not as activists. I'm an activist as well. You know, we, we always say, oh, it's not my job to teach. Not my job to, to teach you about racism. And But theater does do that as long as you get a chance to see it. What it also does, so that's for that side, for, for our own, within our own families, 
it's teaching as well. It's it's aspirational. It shows not just that you know the gang on the corner and the drug dealer and then you know the the stereotypical entertainment that gets produced about us, but the piece I'm in uh, with 2020 with Henri Franklin, it's a love story. You know, it's it's showing black love and it's just as valid as any other story that's being told. And it's just not not being told enough. And if it is, it's not being told in places where it needs to be. So to have this opportunity in this time uh, where we're all kind of understanding what accessibility really means and what equality really means and equity really means, it's, uh, it's an important time to be producing this, this type of work. Now, with all the great performances that are going to be part of this, uh, everything from traditional theater to musicals, uh, there's one I, I, I want to get into uh, right now. It's called Metaphor in Three Acts, and it is a philosophical narrative and sort of seems like a, an existential, quite an existential narrative as well. Can you guys take us into that and and the meaning and the purpose behind uh, Metaphor in Three Acts? So, so metaphor is a, whew, that's a, that's a beast of a play. Um, and I say that because one of the things that we wanted to make sure we did when we were programming this festival is show that variety, just like Nicole was speaking to earlier, make sure that we show the, the beauty and the depth inherent to our own culture. And so metaphor is a piece written by a woman who self-describes as a radical black feminist writer. And what she does is she asks us these important questions about um, conformity, about when do we agitate, when do we push on the system, when do we and how do we take those steps to see change. But the beauty of this piece is that she also, it's a 12 page piece, right? 12 pages of dialogue that lasts for 40 some odd minutes. Why and how do we make that work? Because she asks us that, to repeat the, the scene in and of itself. So it's the same dialogue for 12 pages that repeats four times. And every time it changes, the words don't change, but who says them shifts. The identity of the person saying them shifts, the relationship of those people to each other shifts. So it really asks you to consider what truth is and how truth changes based upon the truth teller. Um, and because that topic is conformity, because that topic is agitation, because that topic is set again against the backdrop of this current revolution, um, it really asks you as a viewer to think differently. Um, and you don't realize, I've watched this piece at this point, I don't know how many times, because we're in the post-production process. I hear it differently every single time. I hear new lines, I hear new words every single time. And that's the point. Nicole, the third time I've been able to talk to you about a role that you are going to be going to be doing, and each one that I've talked to you seems to be getting more and more complex in this time of COVID, when so much of the arts has been difficult to, you know, for people to engage in and for artists to uh, produce. You know, you're in this next role now. You played a a, uh, I believe an employee in, in a production last fall that was entirely created for Zoom. And now here you are in the very first Obsidian Festival. For you as an, a an actor, how this pandemic, has it offered new opportunities for you? It's been crazy. I think about it. The, so the, the last show that I spoke to you about was We Closed at the Ibis Theater. And that was four of us 
in a Zoom box, our own Zoom boxes in hell. Um, and each of us were supposedly successful in the world and died and we're in hell and we have to figure it out. So that's pretty complex. I mean, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was early on and it was the inaugural uh, piece for the Ibis Theater and very much like Obsidian, you know, it, it came out of that time. And it was, we didn't know what we were doing. You know, it, it really was figuring this out, you know, building the airplane as we're flying kind of deal. And it was so exciting when it, you know, when it was, when we finally got it done, we performed it live. It was, this is as close as we can get, you know, to real theater. Um, since then, we have seen hundreds, if not thousands of Zoom productions, and it's still not theater. It's still not live theater. Um, and it's something that I think as artists and as actors, we're kind of, we keep trying to fool ourselves. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you know, it's live, but it's not. So that's why, then seeing kind of the next evolution of theater in a COVID world with what, you know, what John and Alexis are doing with, with Obsidian is so fascinating. And I was really excited to do it. We knew we were going to film on a stage in a theater. And it's actually the theater that I was about to go into rehearsals uh, in with Roost, with uh, Plowshare Theater Company, right before the, the shutdown. And so that was interesting. But to get back on a stage, I mean, I walked back into that theater and tears came because it was just, it was home. But again, it's stuff that we're exploring. And so for week, a couple of weeks before we even got there, we were, uh, we were rehearsing over Zoom and our director, uh, Brian DeMar Jones was in Brooklyn. So that was even a, you know, kind of a Zoom world collaboration. And I think what has happened and, and what they found here that is so amazing is bringing, acknowledging the reality of where we are right now, which means, yeah, Zoom rehearsals, which means you're not gonna have a full house at all, while still acknowledging the space in which actors need to live in order to breathe. Um, and that to be able to do that and to get on that stage and with Henri Franklin and it be just us, you know, you feel the lights and you, you remember the energy. Um, and then you also remember that you're doing it it's almost an act of survival, you know, Zoom theater and, and filming live theater to then show is really an act of survival. And we're doing the best that we can. And I think that we're doing pretty well. I'm interested to see what it's going to be like going forward. You know, uh, just a, a couple months ago, I was thinking, hmm, do I need to put like a Zoom section on my resume now? Or, <laughs> you know, and it's um, because we're so in it, it's hard to kind of look around and judge what it is and what it looks like right now. I think in a couple of years, it'll be really interesting to look back and see, you know, what has this done? Hopefully it's given more access to more people. Hopefully it has drawn, it has given more people the courage and the permission to be artists. Yeah, well, that was beautifully said. Uh, last question, and I'm gonna throw this one to you, John. Detroit is obviously such an epicenter and stronghold of black creativity and black arts in the nation, in the world. So how do you feel the Obsidian Festival adds to that legacy, uh, especially the, the world of theater? The first thing, and for a lot of people, I think one of the most vital things is that we have over 50 Detroiters on payroll. Over five zero Detroiters are on payroll that are making money in the arts that didn't 
or weren't able to, you know, in some form or fashion for the past year. Um, and so whenever people think about the economic impact that certain industries have on the community, I want them also to think about the economic impact that the arts have in the community. So with COVID happening, you've got multiple theaters in Metro Detroit that aren't producing, which means people aren't getting paid, which means actors, not just actors aren't working, but the restaurant across the street that's used to somebody coming in um, and, and used to that rush, um, all those ancillary businesses are, are being touched. And I'm just saying that as maybe a little bit of plug for the arts community, but it's because as we look forward as to how we're going to come out of this moment, I think Nicole is absolutely right. We are forever changed, right? Like this is a line of demarcation for us um, in the way I'm 37, in the way that 9-11 was a line of demarcation for me. I think COVID is also another line of demarcation for, for a generation and how we're going to move forward. And we can choose either to let it define us in the negative by all the things that we've lost, and those are a great many things. Or we can choose to define for ourselves how we're going to come through what this moment has put in front of us. And I think when you look at a city like Detroit that has such a strong history in the performing arts, but also such a strong backbone and refusal to quit, right? Um, like a lot of my friends that don't live in Detroit that are New York or LA based, when I told them I was working on this project, they said, well, are you going to fly in a crew from New York? And I said, no. Are you going to fly in a crew from LA? I said, no. I said, so where are you, how are you producing this? I said, I'm producing it here at home in Detroit. And there was um, an incredulity that people that aren't from here have about what we are able to do. Um, and the legacy and the history, I mean, Woody King is one of the icons of theater, but also of Black theater in specific. And he started here in Detroit, Concept East, and, and grew that into the legacy that where, you know, there was a stage in New York that because of him, Denzel Washington, Samuel L. Jackson, Viola Davis, Chadwick Boseman got their starts in the industry. And that legacy, that man's beginning in the arts came here in Detroit. And I think you're going to see a lot of artists that have grown. Jessica Caremore, who's another amazing artist, who's a featured guest artist for our festival, um, and, and a plethora of others, Nicole, Henri, everybody that's working on this project, they're rolling up their sleeves. And, and what I have to say is I have been so um, touched by the level of commitment that everybody has had for this project. It's really felt like, I know I'm paying people and so it's a job, but it hasn't felt like that. It's felt like they are de dedicated to the goal and to the purpose and to the mission. Um, and I'm just so thrilled and blessed to be able to work with this group of people um, and know that what we have to offer the Detroit arts community is only because of what we have received from the Detroit arts community. And so that, you know, our project, our output, um, what we are, are contributing is us standing on the shoulders of the artists that have come before um, and hopefully building out shoulders that are broad enough to support the artists that are yet to come. Levy Hunt with this weekend's Obsidian Theater Festival, a virtual event celebrating Black stories on stage. 
It is happening March 25th, beginning. It's the inaugural year of the fest. It should truly be incredible. Head over to obsidianfest.org to RSVP and see the entire program.